Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Scott Luton, Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, you're looking a lot more colorful than usual today. <laughs> this is my Scott Luton birthday tribute. I decided I would bust out the colors like you do. And uh, happy birthday, by the way, in case anybody out there doesn't know, it's Scott's 29th birthday. I love it. 29th, too. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh gosh! Hey, you know um, we've got a special guest. We got the one and only Colin Yankee tuned in. He says, Whoa, "Look, flight nice. <laughs> That's outstanding, man. Thanks. Thanks flight for doing is that. delayed in the Denver airport. Gets to listen in on the first part of today's show. Well, Colin, welcome. And you know, yeah, we have been talking about tractor supply in our home lately. That's right. So it's really interesting. You know, we have uh, in our neighborhood they have a horse barn and everything, and and one of our neighbors has a horse that needs ivermectin. And when he went to Tractor Supply to to buy it, they said, is this for you or is this for the horse? So apparently ivermectin is somewhat <laughs> uh, effective treatment for COVID. So fascinating where that comes from. <laughs> well, speaking of companies on the move, the Tractor Supply Company oh, is man. on the move. And they're doing some really cool things from a supply chain perspective. We'll have to have Colin on once again. He joined us probably an episode uh, a couple couple months back. But anyway, safe travels to you, Colin. Yeah. And we look forward to reconnecting soon. Welcome to everybody. Yeah, We're going to say give some more other shout outs here momentarily. Um, so today we've got a big guest that's going to join us in about 20 minutes, Greg. Uh, Aaron yeah. Meredith with Verison, uh, the, the maker of the material truth, which I love that phrase. Yes. Verison yeah. is on the move as well, huh? Yeah, no doubt. You know, they deal with. Uh, indirect and direct materials, all the stuff that keeps the supply chain running. I mean, everything from the pulleys and belts to the to the raw materials and products that go into those finished goods that go in the boxes that come to your front porch or that you pick up in the store. That's right. And, um, and you know, in, the, in these challenging, ever-challenging, record-breaking, challenging times of maintaining the right levels of inventory, I tell yeah. you, that's one of the things really powering what they do. So stand by as we'll be bringing on Aaron Meredith, their executive industry advisor with Verison here in about 20 minutes. But before we do that, Greg, yes, Scott, we better share uh, a couple of upcoming events and then we're going to say hello to folks and then we're going to get to the news of the day with Aaron. So let's see here. So I want to start with, uh, this, <laughs> I stole this on, uh, <laughs> mediocrities <laughs> from our friend, Donna Krejci. Uh, Donna's wonderful. If you're not following Donna on social, you're missing uh, at least a, a good joke a day. And that sense of humor is so neat. So, so I love this. That's hilarious. And uh, Donna, I hope this finds you well. And by the way, uh, let's see, Donna's daughter and, and a big friend of the show, Allison, had tuned in. Allison, thank you very much. I appreciate that. She was that. just on last Thursday, right? I know. In inspiring. It was all Allison Thursday. <laughs> That's right. That, that was that live stream. Yes, it was. Uh, and Allison, thanks for joining us and love what you do. Uh, looking forward. We've got some big interviews with uh, folks 
with Peloton, Mattel, and others that Alice and I are going to be tackling in the weeks ahead. Okay, on a more serious note, folks, y'all got to join us uh, August 31st. That's next week for a webinar that starts 1130 Eastern Time on a data-driven approach to smarter deals with our friends from Enable, which, Greg, by the way, I think they just announced uh, either a $35 or $45 million fundraise. How about that? $45 million. Yeah. Mm. So on their way to being a unicorn as well. So So we'll have to check it out. I don't remember what their valuation was there, but it was big. Yes, very big. Join us next week, and you're going to get a chance to see what's causing all that ruckus. Uh, August 31st, 1130 Eastern Time, free to join. Link in the show notes. Um, And then we're going to touch on this after Aaron joins us towards the end of the show, but October 5th, we got a little more more runway here. October 5th, State of the Supply Chain Report. It's going to be some key takeaways from a ton of research and and survey findings and and other market intel that we're going to be presenting from Verison on the 5th. Is that right, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they... You know, they like you said, they've got their finger on the pulse of every aspect of the supply chain from the start to the end. And uh, they've put out this survey, which I think we have or will shortly drop a link for. So if you are inclined to give your thoughts on the supply chain, sign up. Please do. Um, and the links is it's easy to. It's not going to take you three hours. Uh, Amanda Clay. Did you do it? Not Did yet. Did you do the survey? Okay. Uh, I'm doing it. At- I'm not sure if we're really allowed because we don't really do any work anymore, <laughs> do we? Oh, gosh. Uh, but Amanda, drop the link there in the comments, and, and we'd love for y'all to uh, share what you're seeing as part of that state of supply chain report. Um, okay. That webinar is October 5th. The link to join is in the show notes. Um, hey, the momentum is building for Larsa Series annual event, Supply Chain Insights Global Summit, coming up in September, just a couple weeks away. Uh, We're hosting exclusively the virtual feed of the event, and it's going to be highly interactive. we got two and a half days. Greg, we're not talking about a million people. It's going to be a very friendly audience. We're all going to be kind of eating our popcorn, drinking our Diet Coke, enjoying the the content, and then we're going to be having conversations remotely kind of exchanging uh, how the keynotes and the panel sessions all resonate with us. So join us. And Greg, talk about the business case for joining this. Yeah, event. I, I mean, this is not theoretical. What you're going to learn is not theoretical. It is practical from practitioners. It's from people who are planning demand, who are executing these plans, who are executing the execution of these plans, building, building these plans. So it is the people doing the work. It's not just the people setting the goals or running the companies. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's really the magic here is there's something that you can take away from this that you can apply to your job that very day. Love that. So y'all check that out. The link to sign up is in the show notes. It's also supply chain insights, global summit.com. Oh, and look out because tomorrow I'm going to share a few thoughts of my own via my uh, supply chain commentaries about what's going on at this thing and, you know, why it's worth doing. Love that. Love that. Let's say hello to a few folks. And then I've got one more announcement and then we're going to be having Aaron Meredith join us. So, yeah, our dear friend Kelly Barner, host of Dial P for Procurement, is with us here today, uh, getting back from the Cape. Uh, as it were, last week, I think, Greg. Ever been to the Cape? Uh, was that last week? Yeah, I think. Was she at the Cape again? Highfalutin. 
half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kelly would break our legs if she, she, she heard us say that. So <laughs> Kelly, great to have you here. Appreciate all that you do. Yeah. Uh, Sophia is with us here today. Good morning to you. All right. Great to have you talk about a industry ambassador, supply chain ambassador. Sophia is. And she's turned her sister, her twin sister into one as well. That's right. right? So that's, what's really cool. That's right. Andrea. Uh, Peter Bolay, all night and all day, is with us. Happy 18th birthday. I appreciate that, Peter. Um, we're getting even, even younger. Although, you know, if I had to choose, uh, going back to 18 versus going back to 29, it would definitely be 29, not 18. 18 is just too wild and crazy for me. I don't, how about you, Greg? Uh, 18 it is, against, Greg. I'm not against wild and crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I appreciate that. And I appreciate, Peter, you sharing the golf tournament, a charity golf tournament that you're a part of coming up soon. Kelly Barner is doing the dad joke count. Uh, yeah. Get that count already. It might be smoking by the end of today's yeah, session. Yeah, it could be by the end of this session. <laughs> so, well, Even Aaron might contribute one. You just never know. Who knows? Allison can't stay away from you wild and zany kids. That sounds like an old Nickelodeon show. Um, okay. So we'll, we're going to say hello to a few more folks here momentarily, but uh, I want to share something. Uh, so, you know, we publish, Greg, an episode of This Week in Business History every Monday at, at uh, right. first thing in the morning. So we kind of um, we got creative on the approach to this week's episode. So growing up, my granddad's birthday was August 21st, and my birthday was the 23rd, and we'd happen, you know, we, we've lived in the same town. I was very spoiled. I got to grow up in the same town with all four of my grand my grandparents, which is a luxury these days, right? Yeah, it is. You're right. So usually the Sunday afternoon around these birthdays, we would be having dinner at, at, at my granddad and grandmom's house, and we'd celebrate both birthdays together. And, you know, it was more about cake and stories than anything else and good company. And uh, I missed that. And, and I, I'd kind of forgotten about that simple pleasure in life until my mom had reminded me over the weekend. So what we did is we built a, uh, a brief show around what I consider to be the gold standard of leadership and humanity and generosity, wow. which is my granddad, Dick Rutland. So um, we kind of track his, um, his journey from, you know, managing a Winn-Dixie store, you know, which, you know, my, my dad and I ended up working at Winn-Dixie's in our, in our journeys um, getting out of that because he was working seven days a week and, and, and he had five kids and it was pulling time away from his family. So he happened to join Kimberly Clark's at the time, their new plant in, uh, in Aiken County, South Carolina. And that's where he retired from. And, and, um, as a machine operator, you know, kept him busy all the time. And, uh, he did it by the book, by the book, as I was reminded by my uncle Richard over the weekend too, you know, if you got a 30 minute <laughs> lunch break, he wouldn't take it more than 29 minutes, 30 seconds, but because it took a minute to walk back to the machine. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, yep. we, we need more people like Dick Rutland in any time in history, but especially now, um, he never, ever, so when does that drop Scott? It dropped today. It dropped today. Oh, it did. Oh, did. okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and you, you know, there's so much I wanted to share with folks about Dick Rutland that I knew because you'd never hear it from him. But, you know, we wrap each show uh, with that do good, give forward, and be the change. And, and you know, uh, that's a mix of my mantra and certainly what we, we've heard Greg talk about, give forward and how to give forward. 
And, you know, he is the embodiment of, of folks that did that and did it right and didn't tell the world, you'd never know about it. You know, you'd never know about it. So I invite y'all to check out five key components of Dick Rutland's business journey on This Week in Business History, which you can find wherever you get your podcast from. I appreciate you indulging me as I kind of took a departure from our normal course, but you're going to learn some cool things about Solo Cup and Winn-Dixie and Kimberly-Clark and Buick of all companies. So all that played a role in um, this gold standard of, of a person, Dick Rutland. So, so that's really interesting because that makes me think of something. What? That all of that, you know, that discussion. First of all, Dick Rutland, what a name for business, a business history lesson, right? <laughs> I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard. You can just hear him saying, hi, I'm Dick Rutland. <laughs> that's right. Um, I'll, I just learned something here. About talk about a special people. We, we love uh, Azalea and, and many others, and, and as they offer up their smart takes in these conversations. Holy cow! She got married Saturday. What? What in the world? That that is that's awesome. And I believe uh, put drop this in the comments. I believe you're moving to Nashville. I'm hoping you know you were um, you were kind of looking for some places as as I think housing's you know all of us are, are in a bit of a housing right. crunch, but. Let us know what you're looking for and if you found it. But most importantly, congratulations. That is a uh, a lucky gentleman to marry a very smart, intelligent lady like Azalea. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Congratulations. Big day. Big, big day. day. Big day. And I agree with you. Um, <laughs> let's see here. So, Scott, it, I have to ask you, or I want you to tell this story. Actually, I already know the answer, but I'm going to pretend like I don't. What's the deal with the new backdrop? Is that a birthday gift from or to you? <laughs> we had a couple of big interviews last week. We can't we can't let them out of the can just yet. But in yeah. doing so, um, a team was sent out um, here at the home studio, and and um, I got some great feedback. And feedback, as as Kelly and all of us know, is a blessing. And uh, so, kind of, you know, after we knocked that out and they departed, got to thinking, you know, it would be nice to show. A little more humanity in the backdrop, you know. I love, I love our logos, and, and most importantly, I like the convenience of just how easy it is to create content with a boring <laughs> backdrop. Um, but it it, it kind of stemmed from from some feedback we got last week. That's awesome! It looks great, man. Wow, I love it. I appreciate it. And right here, Clay Phillips. There it is. <laughs> we got Clemson, uh, Clemson, Georgia coming up just around the corner. Clemson, the first team ever to go fifteen and zero in college football we'll see if they can do it again but uh quick quick i want to finish the earlier note so nashville bound ozzy is still searching so if y'all have any any um uh heads up market intel on a place apartment condo house you name it in the nashville area hook up with ozzy davis okay i can't help much with real estate but i can help with fried bologna sandwiches <laughs> robbers <laughs> fried bologna sandwiches <laughs> Uh, on Broadway, first of all, it doesn't matter what kind of music you like. You can find about anything you want. Country music, of course, is predominant there. And Azalea, you'll have to get a pair of cowboy boots. You just have to. <laughs> but you can wear them anywhere in Nashville. It doesn't matter what kind of music you like. That's right. That is right. Um, okay. Well, I think we've had enough fun for this episode of The Buzz. We've got to get to work, Greg. Are you ready? I think work is fun. Work. Let's do it. Work is fun, especially when you got brilliant people that we're all going to learn from. So yeah. today, Greg, yeah. special guest, yes, Scott. Aaron Meredith, Executive Industry Advisor with Verison. So 
uh, a little bit about Aaron, and I'm not going to do it full justice, but I want to kind of uh, tee things up a bit. He brings more than 20 years of experience and expertise. We don't go over 20 years, right? We don't we don't specify. Well, I mean, when you see Aaron, you'll never believe that he's been in any business for 20 years. First of all, you are he's right. holding up pretty darn well, <laughs> really well. Um, yeah. So more than 20 years of experience, especially in manufacturing, engineering, supply chain, and more sectors. He's a smart dude. He holds bachelor's degrees in chemical engineering that never would let me touch engineering curriculum, as well as pulp and paper science and technology, both of those from NC State. That's just a couple. Um, He's lived and worked in three different countries, including, Greg, this is new to me, he spent two years as a Peace Corps volunteer. So I want to welcome in Aaron Meredith with Verison. Hey, hey, Aaron, how you doing? Hey, good. Happy birthday. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> you never know what surprises supply chain or supply chain programs may bring every Monday morning. And then we got surprised yeah. a little bit here today. That was amazing. Th- this painting didn't exist until that video came on. And it's like, <laughs> it was amazing. I love it. I do love the placement of that. That's brilliant. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, and, and of course, you're um, tuned in right now, Aaron, via the new uh, Verison headquarters in Atlanta, the supply chain yeah, city, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here in Tech Square. Got some new office digs we moved to in June. Uh, room for growth. So it's it's great. It's fun. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I said a moment ago we've already had our fun, but we're gonna we're gonna warm things up with a couple of what we like calling this a lightning round. Um, so, Aaron, believe it or not, it is National Sponge Cake Day. Uh, Greg said when he first read that, he thought it was spun. He was thinking SpongeBob day. How, we're going to spend some time <laughs> talking about SpongeBob, but I want to talk desserts because our group here loves food. And of course mm-hmm. you, you got to love desserts. So what's the best, the best, I'm going to ask you both the best dessert recommendation that you'd share with our community here. Hey, I, I'm, I'm pretty simple on that front. Give me a good dark chocolate ganache. That's all I need. Ooh, that sounds it's delicious. Greg, my wife's cherry pie is outstanding. Stol- completely stolen recipe, and she improved on it. Um, yeah, with a with vanilla ice cream, like homemade vanilla ice cream beside it. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And we got to excuse me. I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Peter, yes, hug a day friend too. I heard so everybody. You know, it, 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 uh. as, as comfortable as folks are. Give, give some hugs to your friends. Okay. So, and also y'all check out Supply Chain Chow, our, our food only uh, yeah. uh, community on Facebook. We'll have to expand that a bit. It's been some fun conversations. Okay. So uh, we've touched on football a moment ago. Uh, so Aaron, you are an alum of NC State, mm-hmm. uh, the home of the Wolfpack, home of uh, one half of the Textile Bowl for decades and decades back when Clemson and NC State would tangle. Um, what's going on with NC State football to give us a quick prediction, and then I want to get into your uh, a tailgate tradition. Hey, uh, you know, we've got 20, 21 starters returning. Clemson's got to come through Raleigh this year, so oh. look out. Oh, boy. Got a, got a, got a, a stud at quarterback. He looked good before he got hurt last year, so um, I think we're flying a little under the radar right now, which that's that's all right. That's always a but good this, thing this to do. one of the better teams we've had for quite a while, though. Love it. I don't think, you know, I don't think people know that um, 
the original stop of the great Russell Wilson was North Carolina State. Of course, he finished his college career at Wisconsin. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. But yeah. But he because he had an extra year of eligibility and all yeah. of that. But NC State, man, known as Quarterback University, we got we got like five five QBs in the in the NFL. So Philip yeah. Rivers, of course, Rivers, yep. Mike Glennon. Ryan Finley's in there now. Yeah, you know Russell Wilson. So. I heard that Phil. Um, he, he he was playing with the Dolphins the other day. You know against uh, against the Falcons the exhibition game. He's an NC State guy and probably yeah. was winning because the Falcons have not, <laughs> not been good. Low hey, Philip Rivers is talking about coming back out of retirement. So we'll see. Um, we I hope he plays in the AFC West because the Chiefs haven't gotten enough opportunities to pound him into the dirt oh man aaron oh all right let's yeah. switch gears. it's not an nc state thing. <laughs> i loved him in college yeah um all right Fair so enough. let's talk you know aaron when you were going to those nc state football games back when you were matriculating through those really tough programs you might have been studying on saturdays i don't know i know i would have had to but what what was a um a key tradition whether it was a you know a hole in the wall bar or a food or what was a tradition yeah, I mean, it was tailgating at the stadium, right? I mean, I, I'd never, you know, experienced anything like that, but tens of thousands of people around the stadium. It's it's next to the uh, North Carolina State Fairground, so lots of room, right. all the RVs out, pig pickings. I didn't know what that was till I got to North Carolina. I mean, big old barrel. What is that in there? It's like it's amazing. So, well, you put a whole you put the whole pig, or at least a, a whole side of the pig, and you cook the whole thing. And yep. then, and then you're able to um, kind of mix it all up, so you get all kinds of different uh, textures and um, you know crumblies, as they call it. it. It's really, it's just a, um, wow. it's a wonderful way to eat hard. Coming from Kentucky, I thought I'd eaten critters every way there was to eat them until <laughs> the pig picking came about. So, oh gosh, um, <laughs> just anything but chitlins, anything but chitlins. We'll save that for a later discussion. But what? What? <laughs> You've never heard of chitlins, Greg? No, I, I love them. Oh, really? Mm. Oh my gosh, yes, man. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to oh, yeah. dive in deeper. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that. I have to get your chitlin stories. Okay, no. well let's, um, so let's get down to business. I'll tell you, we've spent, we've had too much fun this first thirty <laughs> minutes of the supply chain buzz. We've got um, thirty minutes already. Yeah, can have. you believe that? We've got one yeah, heck of a no. subject matter expert in Aaron Meredith here with yeah. us today. We're gonna pick his brain as we walk through some of the news stories of the day. I'm gonna put this up here first. So. Um, so rest assured, folks, as I share this, we're running out of a lot of things, but toilet paper thus far is not one of it's them. It's not one of them. That's right. <laughs> we want to have kind of have fun with this image here. But um, you might be surprised at this list of nine other things as assembled by Money Talks News, where we're really having some extra struggles when it comes to inventory. So, Aaron, what were a couple of things that may have surprised you on this list? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just amazing. You know, we hear about it a lot in the industry, computer chips. We've talked about that a lot. Uh, but tennis balls, paper bags, dogs, <laughs> dogs for a short supply. They're illegally importing dogs in the U.S. right now, which the CDC is trying to control. But, you know, wow. I think the pandemic has just had such a broad impact on every aspect of our lives that uh, it's it's truly um you know, supply chain problems everywhere, right? So as soon as I can't get a dog anymore, I know I've really got problems. So yeah, yeah. Well, and industri- tennis balls too. Here in Atlanta, you guys know that All tennis the- is huge. Mm-hmm. Yes, and 
that that's a good heads up. I'm going to have to head to Costco. Yeah. Well, yeah. we can't interrupt the play of two tennis champions, Greg White and Vicky White, who who have uh, won more Wimbledon's this side of the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean than any others. So we can't we can't interrupt right. those games, can we, Greg? Atlanta Wimbledon's, yes, <laughs> uh, yeah. And Vicky shames me by the number of city championships she has in Alta. I know. I, I, so, just, yeah. I was just talking to Vicky last week about it. But on a more serious note, I mean, nurses were on this list, right? Because mm-hmm. of all the the you know this that and the other. Paper bags, which I think one of y'all shared. I, I yeah. read a story not too long ago about McDonald's running out of paper bags because folks were still eating, wanting to eat in a restaurant, but they, they didn't want to reuse the plastic tray. They wanted it in the bag, and that's one of the things that's causing them to run out of bags. And then finally, I bet our friend Ward Richmond Greg is doing well because industrial real estate is on the list, right? It is indeed. Yeah, as people try to build out fulfillment centers and uh, those are often in industrial complexes or they're building out kind of a mid-tier warehouse or something like that. It is, yeah, it's incredible. Yep. Uh, blood is on the list. So, folks, if you if you are able to donate blood, now's the time. Now is the time. So, um, all right. So, we're going to talk about computer chips, of course, is all, also on the list. We're going to circle back on that on our third story that we're going to cover with Aaron. Hey, Aaron, last, uh, before we move to the next story, anything else about this list of nine or or the times we're navigating through. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is just like it's things you didn't think about, right? I think we're we're all getting caught off guard, not just in our you know day to day businesses and operations, but it's impacting our lives at home. And um, yeah, it's huge. I mean, big global connected community. Somebody drops a rock somewhere, we feel it other side of the world, right? No kidding. Yeah. Uh, now is the time for extra empathy for sure. So we've been yeah. chatting about this article, nine things that are in short supply in August, courtesy of Money Talks News. I want to uh, move right along to this next piece. So we're talking about Mesa Airlines. Uh, according to Aviation Week Network, Aviation Week Network, new one for me, is reporting that Mesa Airlines is really struggling with the spare parts shortage for one of its particular airframes, the Bombardier CRJ900, which they just, I believe they they uh, the last one came off the production line back in April or, or March. They just stopped producing it. But Aaron, tell us more about the story. Yeah, I mean, this this one hits a little near and dear to everyone who flies a lot, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, this is going to result in delays. And, you know, they had normal turnaround times, 25, 30 days for maintenance, regular maintenance. And now it's like 60, 65 days just to get parts in. So, uh, and all the downstream ramifications that come along with that, right? And, you know, I think that ultimately, you know, I think it was Sandra McQuillan on your show once said that, you know, supply chain begins and ends with the customer. And ultimately, Mesa's customers are going to be upset because they're they're going to be disappointed uh, from these parts outages. So, um, you know, this stuff has big ramifications for all of our businesses. Yeah, uh, that, that was uh, Sandra and I bet Greg. Greg loves to talk about, and I, I agree with him, uh, the, the uh, Greg, how do you put it? The consumer... The supply chain begins and ends with the consumer, right? There you go. Thank you. So uh, it's interesting because this Canada Air Regional Jet um, has become the de facto short and mid-haul uh, vehicle for a lot of these, quote-unquote, regional airlines. They may carry a Delta or an American flag, but Mesa and other companies are often the operating entities of these things. 
So it will start impacting the big airlines because they are Delta branded flights. They're American, United, whatever Delta or whatever uh, 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 labeled flights. And they are the ones taking you from Atlanta to Wichita or Atlanta to Jacksonville, sometimes some of these smaller and regional airports. Um, but but it is it is a great vehicle for uh, that kind of mid-haul business flight. And some of the ones that are still profitable when you use a jet like that, but smaller uh, customer volumes. And the CRJ900 is the largest of those airframes as well. So it is going to impact the ability for them to take to to fulfill those flights that are bigger but yet too small for a 737 or something like that you, you know um greg of course bombardier has manufactured in wichita for quite some time yeah uh, and i was trying to see if if wichita ever produced uh parts for these planes i, I couldn't i couldn't really get i was trying to find the um uh, the manufacturing history for the frame but i imagine something was made for this plane in wichita you think I would imagine if only spare parts. So a buddy of mine, Brian Detain, works for a company that does um, uh, landing gear for a number of major aircraft suppliers. And I know I can't say for certain, but I know that it, it's possible that Bombardier is one of the brands that they they operate for. So, hmm. you know, I found out last week I was talking to somebody that works for uh, Rolls Royce and, you know, for a Rolls Royce jet engine. 30,000 parts from 10,000 suppliers. Wow. Wow. That's quite the explosion when you think about it like that. I mean, that is a lot of potential points of failure in the supply chain, right? Right. Right. One engine. You know, uh, uh, Gulfstream made down there in the Savannah area uses Rolls-Royce engines. And I was thinking, I, I, I toured there, Greg and Aaron, it's been a couple of years. Um, had a had a an association friend of mine that was able to get a group in, and it's remarkable uh, the levels of service that they promise. If you're if if the the co- as they described it to me, if the coffee holder or the coffee maker in his machines goes down, they can they can have a team out in less than twenty four hours, and that's the level of service for those Gulfstream customers. Right. It yeah. really is remarkable. Yeah, they're out there quick, like a G six. So. Yes. <laughs> well, and they've got a part of uh, part of the place we toured was kind of like a NASA uh, tracking room, right? Because as they were tracking where the needs were, where it really was an impressive operation. Uh, and you know what, Peter Bolay, speaking of airlines and aviation, uh, the article itself that Aaron's talking about here in uh, Aviation Week Network, and actually it was a Canadian airlines. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Canadian Air Canada, CRJ Canada Regional Jet. That's what they're yeah. called. That's what CRJ stands mm-hmm. for. So they were originally constructed for Canada. Air. How about that? Right, Canada. Well, he is, and Peter's sharing here. Um, y'all bear with me as I try to decipher this. So they disallow. I guess Canada Air disallows PMA parts, parts manufactured authority, which he says are a ton cheaper than the OEM part, even right. if they're the exact same part mm. from the same manufacturer, uh, but doesn't have the same stamp on it. Uh, Aaron, you're shaking your head. Is that is that ringing a bell for you? Yeah, I mean, it's just another constraint in your supply chain you've got to manage through, right? Um, yep. I mean, God, 10,000 10, suppliers, 30,000 parts for anything. 
is is a bear to manage, right? All that risk. I mean, we hear all the time from our customers about you know wanting to be able to better assess supplier risk. You know, given all the disruptions we had, and mm. that's that's a bit of an elephant, right? Mm. It, it, massive, and and as you and Greg both were pointing to, um, this isn't like a um, you know if a toy were to break, you know nothing there's not gonna be a massive ripple effect right gosh you got you're, you're talking about keeping 200 300 you know lives safe right. in the air and of course everything around them so you know failure is not an option right that's Greg? right i mean it, it, it's that important right i mean this is the this is the equivalent of flying medical supplies it's literally life or death right mm-hmm. so right um yeah it's really important and that's why you know this even though PMA parts are essentially the same as OEM parts. That's why some of the makers, Rolls-Royce in particular, Aaron, but they don't want those as I think, I think what Peter is saying is they are the exact same part, but they are not stamped Rolls-Royce. Right. So, and, and of course that allows them, that's that whole provenance thing we talk about in the supply chain that allows them to verify the provenance of those parts and that they are fully legitimate. Yeah. We're getting all of Greg, Greg's favorite sayings keywords, and words right? We're, in the it's day. Keyword Monday. Happy Probably birthday, not. Scott. Da, 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 da. Here's what I'm going to give you is 100 keywords. It's <laughs> <laughs> breaking it back to second grade. Uh, we've got those flashcards with our vocabulary words on them. Right. Uh, all right. So, Aaron, before we move to this next story, and, of course, we're going to get to some things that the Verison team is uh, involved in. Any last words on what the aviation industry is fighting through? I mean, it's just another manifestation of – what we're fighting through everywhere, really. Mm. I mean, drop off the band, changes in manufacturing, things bouncing back quicker than we expected. I mean, pilots, airlines trying to get pilots. Good friend of mine trains pilots for Delta. Right. You know, they've retired, you know, retired a bunch of 757s and MD88s and now have to retrain them on 737s and, and A350s. And yeah, it takes time. Yes. Uh, where's my stuff? The theme. Uh, what we're getting through here lately. Uh, AA, good. Hey, Mohib, great to see you here today. Hope this finds you well out in Wichita. He says, I recently found out that the jet engine blades are nothing more than small wings compressing air to high pressure before combustion. Sweet, he says. It's like an open air turbo is essentially what a jet is. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Peter's given us a history note here. The original CRJ 150 seaters were flown by Air Canada for years. We had to re-engineer many items that were made for infrequent flight cycles, like the handbrake kept bending. We had to beef <laughs> it up and replace them all. I bet wow. Peter, you got to write a book, Peter. You got He spent, um, I'm gonna get this wrong. I think 25 years at bunch, Air Canada. Yeah. Mm. You got, you got to write a book. Okay. Um, I want to bring this next story in because we're talking about one of, again, what I would call the TP of 2021. We're talking about computer chips, and it is it's the challenge. It keeps on getting bigger and bigger. This yeah. time, though, um, you know, Toyota has announced it's cutting production in Japan by 40%, 40% in September due to the chip shortage. So, Aaron, tell us more about this problem here. Yeah, I mean, you know, this this thing's been talked about a ton, but you know, like uh, cars are basically becoming electronic devices, right? So, uh, and and now competing for the same components that go into other electronic devices, and we've got sensors and all types of things driving the industry 4.0 revolution too. So, uh, and once again, there's just a massive bullwhip 
affect drop off in demand or perceived drop off right. in demand that came back fast. And, uh, that's, you know, that's not going to go away anytime soon. But, um, I, I, th- I think what, what I've noticed reading a lot of these articles though, too, is that, you know, we're talking about the problems and the ramifications of it, how long it's going to go on, but you don't see a whole lot of talking about, well, what's actually being done to keep this from happening again. Right. Right. So, and well, on that point, you know, Greg, I know, I think we're about going to say the same thing. You go, Greg, you go. No, I want to hear what you have to say. It's your birthday. <laughs> go shawty. Well, you say it a lot better. <laughs> you Got it in there. Love that. <laughs> you say it a lot better because, as Aaron is pointing out, um, you know that the the a lot of the writers, a lot of the media are, are kind of telling the facts as they are, but they're not getting to the root cause or not yeah. getting to the real factors and of why we are where we are. But Greg, make yeah. your point. Yeah, I think the you know as regards semiconductors and automobiles, you know, part of the issue was that. Um, TSMC, Taiwan Semi- Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, very creative name, and yet incredibly <laughs> descriptive of what they do. So um, they they were ready to produce semiconductors, and the at least American automakers, or at least those making cars in America, were saying, yeah, produce, and you know we'll let you know when we need them, but we're going to need them fast when we do, but we're not going to make a commitment vis-a-vis a PO by the way, but we want you to go ahead and make those. You can trust us. <laughs> and I mean, that is the root of this problem is automakers in, in, in their defense, they undertook the noble initiative to start to manufacture PPE and, um, and um, ventilators and the like. And um, in a, in a time when we were in great need, but when it came back around, it was their actual, operation of their supply chain and the lack of transparency therein that has caused this problem. And my suspicion, and I have no data to support this, but my suspicion is that they, there are there is somewhat of a bidding war for who's going to get the next round of chips, mm. right? And whoever is the highest bidder at this point is getting the chips. And with the number of vehicles that GM and Ford and other big automakers have sitting on the sidelines just waiting for a chip so they can start the vehicle. I imagine that there is quite a competitive marketplace right now. So somebody who knows the data can probably tell us more. But can I also state that, and Aaron, you may be aware of this, but I think this was a brilliant solution by the people of Brilliant Solutions, Ford Motor Company, right? Quality is job one, folks. Um, And that is they are prioritizing uh, people who are ordering vehicles. Remember the old days when your parents ordered a Buick with orange interior and green paint. Um, now you can order your vehicle and you get priority because you are a sold customer. Mm-hmm. You get priority in getting your chip into your vehicle. And I think that is a really, really smart way of doing things. And in this age of personalization, right, you can get your Nikes any way you want. Um, doing so with your vehicle, I think, puts you at the, t- at the front of the line. And I think people are starting to get the value of that. And because there are so many cars that are this close, literally this close, or maybe smaller depending on the size of the chip, right? To being completed, um, it's a really, really smart strategy. I like right. it. Yeah, it's it's still reactive though, ultimately, right? I mean- um, It I, is now. I, I wonder if they couldn't make it a, pre- you know, a predictive 
methodology, right? Yeah, going forward, I mean, because you're not going to come out of this anytime soon, right? It's going to take right. some time. But uh, uh, yeah, I read I read another article over the weekend uh, came out a couple of days ago from Industry Week that that started to chip away a little bit at the root causes of this and was basically saying, and they were talking about the automakers, and they said. The problem is they're still doing what they've always done business practice wise, right? And, and they're not leveraging things like cloud computing or we, we talk about visibility and transparency, but how right. do you actually do that? And, and what does that actually mean? And that's the nut that that a lot of these folks just haven't cracked, right? And you can't just say, okay, tomorrow, okay, we're going to enable visibility and, 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 and uh, transparency and everything's going to be better. How do you do that? That, right. That, and I think it, it's funny you say that, Aaron, especially coming from your perspective, because the you know, you work with a lot of these manufacturers, Verison, and and the, what I have seen is the demand for nearly one way transparency. Hmm. Automakers, for instance, they mm-hmm. want to they want to know everything about their suppliers, um, you know, supply chain. They want to know everything about their dealers supply chain, and yet they don't equally share the knowledge of their supply chain. I did see an article last week and I did one of my summaries, I think it was Friday or Wednesday on it. And it, and they are starting to actually open the kimono and share their plans, even their designs, for instance, with some of these semiconductor companies. And I think that while a a nascent gesture is an important uh, change of business for a lot of these automakers, because it is largely, as you're saying, their lack of transparency that has negated the transparency value of their their trading partners up and downstream in the supply chain. Mm. Right, right. And, you know, but there's got to be a mechanism to do that, too, that's effective. Yeah. That both parties can engage with. Right. Yeah. Agreed. You're actually going to make it work. It's got to be seamless and it's got to be really a network. Right. right. I mean, it, it really needs to be a, right. a singular platform where everyone can do that. You don't want to have to integrate 10,000, literally, I was trying to be hyperbolic, but literally 10,000 different platforms to get people communicating with one another. Right. Yep. Right. All right. I got to share the ex- exchange with Peter and Mohib. Peter says, back on the aviation front, he says that they're testing these engines about to- tossing into frozen turkeys to resist airstrikes yep and mohib says or make turkey dinner ha <laughs> ha uh and then talking about the vehicles peter says he's on a roll here today folks uh, don't get in his way he says soon we can buy a brand new 2021 vehicle in 2023 <laughs> and you know that, that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek however if you drive by you know so maxi price uh is, an, is a dealership out right. here in loganville and they 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 made a long-running successful campaign about Where's Loganville on the radio? And because it's where this this mega dealership was. You know, we get our car service there. They used to have a couple of acres of commercial vehicles. None. They used to have a you know a huge selection of Tahoes. Hardly. I mean, now used cars is probably the most right. that they've got on this big dealership. And it, you know, uh, I wish I I wish it was just isolated one but you go drive past a lot of these dealerships these days and it's illustrating the points you both are making or peter saying soon enough you can get a brand new 2021 customized uh, in 2023 but aaron you're shaking your head it, we're all seeing we're all seeing the same thing right 
No, that's it. I also had a little static on my line there for a second. Not sure what happened, but I'm good. That's okay. Murphy's law. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's funny because, um, my middle daughter and I are both, she's much more close to being in the market for a car right now. Her 2013 vehicle is worth more now than it was two years ago. That's absolutely unheard of. I mean, unless you're driving a classic, right? It's absolutely unheard of for a used car to be worth more two years after, you know, two years later. That's just incredible. And I'm hoping the same applies for me because my car is almost as old as hers. (laughs) But what I learned was I was talking to a dealer Friday or over the weekend and and said, hey, this is what I'd like to get. And he said, oh, yeah, definitely. We can get you that probably June of next year. No, no problem. Did you want to get in line now? And I'm thinking. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. It's insane. It is so crazy. All right. So we got to, we got to move on because we got to, we got limited time here uh, with Aaron. And uh-huh. we'll talk about, I don't know. I hate it. We, I'd, I'd love to spend another hour. You know where our office is? That's right. Yeah. We'll see you soon. I've been there. Yeah. yeah. Barbecue and chitlins at Verison. But uh, hey, we're talking about Toyota getting impacted by these chip shortages as reported yeah. by the Wall Street Journal. Um, all right. So first off, I want to make sure, you know, so Verison's been on Tequila Sunrise, of course, as they've, as they've gone through some successful raises. Um, you know, Verison's been, in fact, they're moving up, they're rocketing up the appearance uh, record chart because they've been with us uh, quite a bit as they've continued to grow and, and, and really just blow up. But in a small nutshell, Aaron, let's refresh folks' memory about what what it is that Verison does. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I joined Verison in January this year, uh, you know, over 20 years of experience. And I did it because Verison's doing something very unique, which really gets to the root, one of the root causes of all these problems that we're talking about. So how does a Rolls-Royce go out and deal with 10,000 suppliers with 30,000 parts and and drive that kind of transparency and visibility, whatever that means. Right. Um, are, are you going to go do 10,000 data cleanse projects? Are you going to go, everybody get on the same system? Are you going to do some sort of massive data governance thing across 10,000 suppliers? None of that's going to work. <laughs> not it, for 10,000 suppliers, you're not. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work. And right. Uh, so there has to be another way. And and when you think about what we do at Verison, at a very, very fundamental level is that we solve the data problem that exists in these complex supply chains. That's what we've done. So it's saying the data that's in the systems you have, in the form it's in, you call it an apple, this guy calls it an orange, but we know those are the same things. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's what we do. We, we provide that kind of visibility and transparency into materials data up and down the supply chain uh, while you're operating on your systems of record, right? And because we've done that, because we've done that, we've been able to demonstrate transformative results, very short period of time using AI, machine learning. That's how we do it. But uh, that's, that's what we do. And because we've done that today, you know, with like MRO, spare parts, indirect... Yep materials that same problem exists everywhere so it's it's about solving that problem all these places in the supply chain so that's what we're all about it's a war on dupes no duplicates also it's the material truth and i had to look it up carl the truth williams was a boxer and that was his nickname (laughs) and y'all been rallying around this the, the material truth theme and i love it 
I really yeah. think, especially in this era, it's so relevant. But we've got to. Uh, so we're big. We're big Verison fans. I, I should. I should put that disclaimer. Yeah, uh, I've known right. Paul Noble for quite some time. Yeah. But there's two things that want to. I want to wrap on here today. We only got a few minutes. The state of the supply chain survey. This is some research y'all have done mm-hmm. for several years now. Uh, it, it's been active for a couple months. It's still open, folks. You can still participate. But Aaron. Any early takeaways or anything you'd like to share about this this uh, research? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're basically trying to get, you know, once again, keep our fingers on the pulse of, of what people are working on, what's important, how did your priorities shift, you know, because of the pandemic. And I, I would say there's a, a few interesting tidbits coming out there. It's all very focused on the customer. And, uh, and it's mm-hmm. interesting seeing some of the responses to date, how people are responding to that. Like, we're just going to inflate our inventories to no end, right? Or you know, a lot of unsustainable results, but right. and, and there's a surprising lack of, I guess, digital maturity in terms of, hey, we're doing digital transformation in all types of ways in our businesses and in manufacturing, but when it comes to managing materials, we're, it's it's for the most part the same processes we were using when my career began in the '90s, right? Mm. Uh, so that's where the opportunity lies. People think it takes a long time, and uh, so we need to, I mean, I think first and foremost, just educate folks on what's possible, right? Technology's shifted uh, the playing field, and and we can create new paradigms about how we can get this stuff done. I love it. Uh, So y'all check out, let's drop the link one more time, just in the Supply Chain Now channel, the link to participate in the survey um, another big opportunity, Greg and Aaron, that we're going to have is this this October fifth webinar. Right, and I'm going to share this again. So, Greg, what are you um, what are you looking forward to in this session? And then we're going to maybe get a couple of tidbits from Aaron. Yeah, sure. I think. Well, I think Aaron has touched on it, and Paul um, and um, Daryl Lou before democratization, right? I think it's democratization is not just for the masses of people. It's for the masses of suppliers and it enables some of these suppliers. And I've experienced this over the more than two decades of supply chain experience that I have. It's the long tail of suppliers that are doing it out of their garage or out Mm -hmm. of a very small facility, or maybe only provide you with three different items but those three items are absolutely critical path to the success of your of your manufacturing endeavor. And I think that this that there is a tool set, there is a way to do this to enable the, the most and the least digitally advanced uh, companies to participate in something that is so important. This this connected and trusted network of suppliers and vendors and customers. Um, and the manufacturer themselves to, you know, to make sure that that manufacturing occurs as it should. So we don't wind up in this situation like we have with these big automakers, right? Imagine a scenario where you have a technology that can tell you if you do X, if you stop, right? If you stop production and you cease to commit to your vendors for the future, this is the impact that that could have on you. And um, and do so without requiring a whole lot of transformation at even your smallest suppliers. That's really the key in this day and age because we have learned that even the smallest of suppliers can stop production, right? Yeah. So we really have to bring everyone into the fold. 
Right. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, Aaron? the materials management, it's its its a bit like the forgotten stepchild of digital transformation in most companies. It, it honestly is. And I was talking- Not just digital people. transformation, it's just plain forgotten, it, right? It's forgotten. It's kind of, you know, uh, we can make a Cadillac of a plant or some, some sort of operation with all these technologies, right. but at the end of the day, a $2 O-ring can still shut your plant down if you don't have it mm-hmm. when you need it. And we're not doing anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's what we're that's what we're trying to fix, right? So, um, so that that's what we'll be diving into. Yeah, it seems like sometimes when we go through chaotic times, you want to cling to the the the, um, the old best practices, right? Those traditional best practices. Um, and uh, Greg, we've used this analogy a thousand times. In fact, the hymn was just sung in in church uh, a week or two ago, and I instantly thought of supply chain. It's that foundation. Is it built on sinking sand? Are those practices, yeah, they might be a solid thing to do for a couple of decades even. But as fast as things are changing, right. as the automotive industry is learning firsthand how things have always been, it's, 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 it's not always going to be that way. And, and, and uh, how your suppliers have always served you, it's not always going to be that way. Your, your uh, partnership and supplier relationships have to evolve and breathe a little bit, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's something I, I thought about because in my history in supply chain, I've been on the on the practitioner or the solution side of optimizing inventory. And what I've discovered is that as, as the water recedes, the rocks are exposed. That's a common consulting term, right? But as you refine and optimize your organization, you also expose yourself to potential risk if the adjacent policies or data or or operations are not also efficient. And you need to be able to broadcast all of this change out into the rest of the organization to, to allow them to adapt as well. Spoken like a supply chain poet, Greg. I love that. Okay. So Aaron, uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, Aaron, you're quite a guru and uh, I, I love folks that not only can Aaron simplify things, but he should be a narrator for like these nature series. He's got like this normal, slow moving stream, like approach to communications. It's, it's a very comfortable cadence, Aaron. So, uh, but let's make sure folks know how to connect with you in case they want to hear some more of that goodness. That's just <laughs> blowing out of your, right. your ears when you sit a certain way. No how can folks connect out of there? Yeah. <laughs> how can they connect with you and, and the Verison team? Yeah. I mean, best way, I mean, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, is, is number one. Uh, and also, you can shoot me an email, Aaron.Meredith at Verison.com, and uh, we'd be happy to talk to you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, this, I think this is your third appearance here on Supply Chain Now, and it keeps getting better and better. I love what you're up to, and of course, the Verison team, they're just they're meeting such a huge need um, in the market right this minute. So I appreciate uh, Please tell Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Paul. And Daryl, we got to get Daryl back on talking donuts, Greg, from a scientific standpoint, right? Indeed, because uh, that's what makes the world go round and comfort food. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Okay. Aaron, really appreciate your time here today. We're going to make sure we. Thanks for having me on your birthday. Hey, (laughs) well, hey. I woke up this Thanks morning. Thanks for bringing the confetti. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Aaron, have a wonderful week. And who knows, we might just see you in Raleigh uh, a few months uh, from now. We'll see mm-hmm. for the football game. Do a road trip. That's right. Thanks so much, Aaron Bye, Meredith Aaron. Thanks, with Bears. Have guys. a great week. Bye. Oh, man. He, he really is. I'm telling you. 
him and Bo Groover might just be separated at birth. They might be. They look a lot alike and they sound a lot alike, right? They really um, do. I, I got to tell you, you know, I, in full disclosure, right? I'm an advisor to, to Verison and a tiny little shareholder. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, I really get what they do. And I got to tell you, the addition of Aaron to the team uh, has been really powerful. And what I've seen in companies that I've worked with in the past, and Aaron is a clear indication of that. The people who really know the business, who really know the ins and outs of the business problem and 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 also have have this unique gift, and this is really, really rare, to have as much experience as Aaron has. He reminds me of a friend of mine named Rod Doherty who has to have as much experience as they have and yet to have this sort of blessing of naivete that allows them to look back on their history and ask why. Why have we always done it that way and then come up with a new way to do it? And when you have somebody like that in the the sales and and implementation process, it's super powerful for both the potential client and for the technology company because you can provide perspective as if you're virtually an independent consultant to both parties mm. and both parties grow from that experience. And that is the position that Aaron really, really represents really well. And that's what I, why I love having him out there whenever Verison is going into the market and talking about how they see the market and, and then, um, you know, having Aaron help them translate, this is what this customer is seeing. This is what are the flaws and the, and the features of their current approach. And this is how we can adapt that into really, really changing their business for the better. He's quite the secret or not so secret weapon. Well, not uh, secret now, is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 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 uh, I really appreciated his time as busy as he and the Verison team are to join us today and walk us through uh, those three stories. Yeah. Greg, a pleasure. Uh, we're going to keep our finger on the pulse of all the cool things that Verison's up to, as well as keeping our finger on the pulse of what Azalea has yeah. coming up in her move and her new chapter and whatnot. She really enjoyed the big picture view that Aaron brought uh, to the conversation today. I agree with you so there. So where is Azalea? Is, where is she going to work or at? You know? I ended that well, sentence improperly. My mother was killing <laughs> but We've got to reconnect with Azalea. Um, you know, we had a great sit down with her. It's been a, it's been a few months now, but um, we'll have to reconnect and get the full scoop. How great um, that Colin Yankee hit us up from the Denver airport and Azalea is moving to Nashville, just in case. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So, folks, thanks for indulging us on the front end of this edition of the Supply Chain Buzz. So much good stuff. Uh, It's great to reconnect with the Verison team. Greg, I appreciate you wearing your uh, Scott Luton colors. I love that. Uh, Channeling a little bit of Tom Selleck uh, with some guns. I feel like I... I could be more intelligent just by wearing your shirts, not actually your shirt, but <laughs> oh man, it takes All a right. special gift to get away with this. I fear that I do not have it, but oh, I channeled you got it. it for one day. You got it in spades. Uh, big thanks to everyone that showed up here today. Big thanks, of course, Clay and Allie and Jada and Amanda, all, be, all behind the scenes making today's production happen. Greg, I appreciate you joining us. Big thanks to Aaron Meredith with the Barrison team. Most importantly, folks, most importantly, hope y'all have a big, big week. Uh, I'm going to challenge you. We're going to challenge you. Greg's getting ready. I'm ready. Hey, do good. 
give forward, be the change that's needed. Be just like Dick Rutland. This world would be a much, much better place. And on that note, we'll see you next time right here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.